Welcome to Shane Gibson's Sales Podcast. This is the Closing Bigger podcast focused on complex sales. And this is part three of a three-part program. If you are listening to this part first, you may want to visit closingbigger.net and download the first two parts of this program. The last couple of sessions we really focused on the main power players in most complex decisions. A couple of the questions that were emailed to me were specifically, one person asked, are all the power players present in most complex sales? And I guess my answer is, they're often somewhere, or often one person can be several. For instance, I've dealt in a situation where the ruler, or the core decision maker, is also the protector, because they understand technically a product or solution. I've also been involved where the ruler is also the navigator. So they've made the decision to do business with you, but because they actually do decisions by consensus or want to involve their team, often what they'll do is they'll navigate you because they've in essence endorsed you through this, the series of checks and balances their team have to go through before the deal is officially yours. So as we look at this, there can be often one person that can be several of the power players at once. Conversely, we can also have committees involved as protectors, as rulers, or even as users that are affecting the decision-making process as well. So today what we're going to look at is we're going to look at what it takes to build long-term relationships. Why I think this is important is as we check in, in essence, and ask ourselves, where am I at in this deal? There are what I would call hard or technical sales steps in the sales process in any complex sale as we're moving from, in essence, prospecting to initial meetings, to really customizing our solutions, to asking the right questions, to handing core, handling core objections, moving right through to the proposal and the presentation stage and the final stages of a bid, let's say. As we move through these stages, there's also some other things going on. Concurrently, along with the typical sales process or series of steps in the buying process, there's also a series of steps in the relationship development process. And it's in my opinion, as we define selling, as sales is about creating an environment where an act of faith can take place. And trust truly is that number one currency in the sales process. That trust is built upon relationships. So one of my suggestions is to look at the individual people involved in the complex sale and making the decision to purchase and map where you're at in the stages of relationship development. I'm going to give you five key stages briefly after this that you can look at to help you determine where you're at and where you need to go next to truly move from what I would call product peddler to trusted advisor and consultant with your key clients. So let's look at, I want to sort of bring out a study that I found. This study was done by Bowles, Barksdale and Johnston in the Journal of Business and Industrial Marketing. I don't have time to go through this entire study, but what I wanted to do is pull out what they said national account buyers felt were the most important things in doing business with a potential future vendor. They surveyed national account buyers, the National Account Buyers Association from my understanding of the study, and they came up with eight top things that a buyer is looking for in order to do business with us over the long term. This is not them assessing us for a one-time transaction, but they're looking at us saying, is this individual and is this corporation really the right fit for our organization over the long term? And here's how they determine this. They said, number one, these are the in order, the top eight things national account buyers look at when they're doing business with us. Number one, long-term perspective. The question they ask 
is does this salesperson and their organization portray a long-term perspective within our first two or three meetings so if we look at this what are you doing with your clients to portray a long-term perspective when doing business especially the prospective new clients the second one is honesty they stated that absolute above all we must see the person is being honest. This is a level of transparency. This is letting them know what's in it for us in the process and really letting them know where and when we can deliver and where we can't. The third thing they said was important was post-sales support. Your organization must display and must truly illustrate and prove your capacity for post-sales support, especially in the complex selling and complex relationships situations. Fourth, they said, creative problem solver. This vendor and their individual salesperson has to display the capacity to creatively solve problems. In essence, not just be an order taker, but also be a resource for that organization to solve core business challenges. Fifth was understand my needs as a customer. This was important, so truly understanding my corporation's individual needs. Sixth, what they said, is know your product capabilities. So what they said is that you need to understand all the applications of your solutions so that you can truly develop something that's customized and right for our organization but you also must understand the limitations of your products and services so you don't oversell or incorrectly prescribe solutions to their organization number seven as they said you have to understand my business not just understand my individual needs but understand my business and my industry and this is why it's so important I think as a salesperson is to pick a few verticals and really focus and become an expert in them it assists us in many ways and one of them is building credibility with potential clients and eighth and I think in my opinion this is the most important one is national account buyers in this survey said Key account salespeople, if they want to qualify to be a long-term supplier, need to always meet commitments. So there's some interesting thoughts. These are sort of eight quick thoughts there on what we need to do to qualify in a long-term relationship with a buying organization. Now the next step, what I want to look at, is moving into the five stages of relationship development. So as we look at these stages, this is a model developed by Bill Gibson. He developed this a little over a decade ago. And it was originally developed to work with a large consulting engineering company as well as a large fleet sales organization uh, in the African continent as well as some clients of ours here in North America. And so what, we needed, what the challenge was is that key account managers or complex salespeople, one of their challenges was really to gauge where they're at and what's appropriate in each stage of relationship development with a client. Too often, if we use sort of a personal relationship analogy, is that we've gone on our second date with a client and we're asking them to marry us. Or, on the other side, they're waiting for us to propose to them and we still feel like we're in the sort of beginning phases of the relationship. So part of it is, how do we read where we're at with a client and know what the most appropriate activities and behaviors are to move the deal forward and move the relationship forward? And this is where we develop the process of the five relationship development stages. Of course, this is a, literally an entire one-day program, and at best, a two-hour sales keynote at a conference, and I'm going to try to share this with you in a quick five or six minutes. But I think this will do at least... As a bare minimum, this will begin to get us thinking about where we're at with our clients and what we need to move forward. So the first stage of relationship development we look at, and this is, by the way, with the organization as a whole, but also with the individual power players, is number one, the attraction stage. 
In a personal relationship, I might call this a flirtation, but this is really where you're a potential supplier. At the attraction stage, what the client is looking at is your professionalism, your branding, and your product knowledge in particular, and your industry knowledge. Because what they're looking at is, does this person qualify as a future trusted advisor or resource with my company, or are they simply a product peddler or a pitch artist? And if, if the answer is the second set of questions, if you're a product pitcher or a peddler or a pitch artist, then often we don't qualify to move through the rest of the stages if they're looking for a long-term supplier or for dealing in a large deal where a lot of trust needs to be built. So that initial stage ultimately exceed their expectations and really show a couple things. What's in it for them and also truly display our uniqueness. Often what we need to do is dig deeper, ask questions, and really get to know the client more at this level. Now one of the things I suggest is that a lot of people talk about asking questions. And this is how we get to know clients and build rapport and truly understand how to customize. But I would say basing a proposal upon the answers you get to the questions at the attraction stage is often a quick way to lose a deal. In my opinion, at the attraction stage, the client won't fill really fulfill the whole picture for us. They won't let us know true challenges they're having. In essence, there's not enough trust at this point to truly do an in-depth needs assessment. But there is at least enough trust if we display uniqueness to open up the channels for communication and move to the next step, which is what I call the exploration stage, where we're a short-term supplier. The exploration stage is not where trust begins either, but the client at least opens up enough to begin to trust us, our level of integrity, our organizational capacity, and our ability to produce results. At this exploration stage, one of the things we need to look at is being able to display immediate results. The client's not going to want to look at a 3, 6, 12-month plan to prove our capacity. Everything from returning phone calls quickly to emails to getting proposals in on time to being on time for meetings to be delivering con content and quality over and above what the client expects is key at this level. In essence, this is the fast and furious level of selling. We need to be highly responsive, highly action-oriented, and display our ability as a salesperson and as an organization. Once we get through this stage, this testing stage, then we move into the third stage, which is the development stage. We're a developing supplier, or we're bonding with that individual. This is where trust begins. And as I've mentioned in earlier podcasts, when someone trusts us, then they'll share more with us. When the client shares more with us, then we can develop better solutions. When we develop better and more accurate solutions, we get better results. The trust builds, so does our mind share, and so does our revenue share with that client. This at the development stage is really key. This is where when we do a good needs assessment or needs analysis, we'll actually get the information we need because trust has opened up and we can create better results. There's three things that occur at this stage. Number one, the client's knowledge of you and your capacity to help them increases. Your knowledge of the client must also increase at this stage. So think of ways to educate the client and also educate yourself about the client. And thirdly, trust and true personal relationships begin to happen at this stage. Then the fourth stage of relationship development is where we move into being the majority supplier, the dominant supplier or vendor, and often a trusted long-term supplier. This is the level of trusting. This is still a level of, in essence, buyer and seller though. 
In essence, in most cases, you're still have to stay on top of your game to maintain the relationship just to keep competitors out. And you're really often juggling many things at the same time to keep this going. So this is still what I would consider the hard work and long hours stage. And although we built momentum, there's a bit of a struggle to maintain it. Now, over a period of time, if we do the right things, if we really put on our leadership cap, in essence, and we really get better at mentoring and coaching and digger, digging deeper into the client and also looking at future needs and challenges and bringing your network in to really add value to that client, then often you'll get to move from the commitment stage to the unity stage where you're a trusted advisor and partner. And this is where the client needs you as much as you need them. And we hit that entrusting stage. So if we move all the way back to the initial stages at the attraction stage, We've got a client who initially was disloyal to a large degree. They were very price focused. They were very short term thinking. And this is where many business relationships begin, of course, because they don't know us. There's nothing invested. We don't have that connection. But as we move through the stages, as we move into the exploration stage, there begins to have a relationship that develops. As we move into the development and commitment stage, the client goes from price focused to relationship focused into solution focused and lastly partnership focused. If we can look at getting as many of the power players as possible in any complex decision moved over from the attraction exploration stage and truly into the commitment and unity stage, we'll solidify and fortify our relationships and our contracts with these clients. It's very unlikely to lose a client at the unity stage unless we've had a massive error. But it's very easy to lose a deal if we're only at the unity stage with one or two of the power players versus the whole network. So I guess as an overall summary in this process is our goal is to look at each of the power players in the network or each of our key accounts and ask this question. Where am I at at the stages of relationship development and what do I need to do to move to the next stage? And this is really important because this may occur separate from even the stages of business development. Possibly you've already submitted your RFP. You're waiting a month or so for a response as they get all their information and make their decision. But you know down in your heart that you're truly only at the exploration stage at best with each of these power players. You can either sit there and wait for the response for a month or two, or you can spend that time strategically developing that relationship with that client and looking at what is it going to take to get each power player to the next step and beyond in the stages of relationship development. Too often we've done all the right steps in the sales process per se, but we've overlooked the importance of fortifying relationships and developing strategically a way to measure and move those relationships forward. So let's summarize here. This is a summary on all three complex sales podcasts. Number one, Complex selling is about buy-in, not buying. It's not about what you're selling them. It's about the buying process the client is going through and your capacity to create that environment where an act of faith can take place which e with each of the key power players. Number two, always map your power players and be strategic about your approach with them. Realize also, and this is number three, that nothing is trivial. Too often as salespeople, because we tend to be big picture focused and bottom line oriented, we miss all the subtleties, everything from our communications with individuals to our level of courtesy to the small details in rolling out a large project in a complex sale. So remember, nothing is trivial. Understand that it's a trust and credibility building process. That's really what complex selling is about. So the credibility bu building is truly about your business case scenario. 
and the trust building is really about your personal relationship development scenario that's happening concurrently. It's about asking great questions and assessing needs, but more importantly, it's not about going through the motions of asking great questions and assessing needs, it's about intent. And here's the reality, and you've heard me say this before, is that many people try to use the relationship to get the deal, but the reality is, especially in today's global marketplace, the relationship is the deal. This was Shane Gibson's sales podcast on complex sales. For more complex sales podcasts, you can visit closingbigger.net. For more information on Shane Gibson, his availability to speak at your local conferences, training sessions, and upcoming events, please visit closingbigger.net or email shane at kbitraining.com.